turn to Luke's gospel, the 22nd chapter, in uh, beginning with the 14th verse. Luke's telling of this evening is kind of unique. It's, it's a little different than all the other times it's told. And uh, so I invite you to come along with me in, in the journey with that as we look at why the cross. And in saying why the cross, uh, just to go ahead and introduce a little bit, for me, the cross is kind of a big mystery. Is it for you? You know, what does it really mean? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? All that kind of tumbles through my mind over and over again. And, and ultimately, the question comes, well, what does the Bible say about the cross? And, and tonight, uh, what did Jesus think when he thought about the cross and what it meant? And so we're going to look at that a little deeper. And so here's how the story goes on the 14th verse of chapter 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and Divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. And the Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. And so they begin to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You join me and let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, um, you're here tonight, and so, Lord, we welcome you here. And like you eagerly desired to gather for Passover with your disciples uh, thousands of years ago, um, we know and trust that you eagerly, eagerly desire to meet with us in this moment. And so, Lord, may the words I speak and the meditation of my heart and all our hearts um, prepare us and open us to your presence. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as I mentioned, why the cross? You know, what does it mean? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? And as I said, he in his life all he says is I've got to go suffer he doesn't really often talk about the why or what it accomplished or anything like that and so really I think it's the communion event uh, the, the Passover event where we get perhaps the best insight into what the cross may have meant to Jesus 
and also what it should mean to us. And the first thing that I want you to notice tonight is it was part of the fat, excuse me, part of the Passover celebration. It was part of one of the most sacred and special times in Jewish life, celebrating the, the pinnacle moment of their deliverance from slavery. And so Jesus here, first of all, I think what he is saying and what he is embodying, because I think God chose this season. God chose this time. <clears throat> and, uh, and in saying that, I believe Jesus saw this as the new Passover for God's people. The cross was to be the new Passover for God's people. You remember the Passover story, right? Israel, they're slaves in Egypt. They're longing for freedom. Moses has gone to Pharaoh over and over and over again, and the power of God has showed up to, to put down the Pharaoh and put down his gods and to declare the, the sovereignty and lordship of the creator of the universe as the one and only God but still, Pharaoh has said, I'm not going to let you go until the very last plague was to be upon him. That night for that plague, God had given Israel special instructions to take a lamb, to sacrifice and kill it, then to take the blood from that lamb and stain it on the wood, the doorposts, of every house so that when the angel of the Lord came through that night the Lord would know ah that's the house of my people so I will pass over that house because that night every firstborn firstborn son firstborn cow firstborn sheep every firstborn died so that early in the morning there is this wailing throughout the land of Egypt in grief as people wake up and discover their loss. In that midst, Jesus says, I am the new Passover lamb. We know that after Passover, right, that they are then set free, they are released, they are now a free people journeying to the promised land. And so what Jesus is telling us about his own life, his own moment in this season, is that he's the new Passover. And as the new Passover, it will be his blood that covers our lives and saves us. It will be his blood that covers the post of the cross and cleanses us and makes us new. It will be his blood spilled that will give us the freedom to hope that there is a better place for us than this world that there is a kingdom coming and that kingdom is for us and so early on in the scripture here twice right he says i eagerly desired this passover with you because i will not have passover again until you're with me in the kingdom when Passover is truly fulfilled and when I have saved you by my blood. 
And then he goes on and says, take the cup, the, the cup of Passover. There were several cups. As I said, Luke is the only one that tells us that Jesus actually did at least two cups and probably, well, I'm sure they did all the cups of uh, the Passover meal, but he takes the early cup before the supper and he shares it with them and he tells them again, I'm not going to be drinking any more wine, none of the Passover wine, until we're celebrating together in the kingdom. He proclaims he's the new Passover. Secondly, though, not just the new Passover, but he also is the offering of a new covenant. The offering of a new covenant. The old covenant. The covenant that Moses made on the mountaintop. The covenant that led to the Ten Commandments and the 600 commandments on top of the Ten Commandments and, and began to shape the people of Israel and led to the, uh, to the uh, building of the temple, the central place of worship for the Jewish people. Uh, <clears throat> that old covenant, as amazing as it was, it was so amazing, you know, Paul reminds us that when Moses would come down from the hill, his face would be glowing with holiness. That that covenant, the, the prophets began to notice that that covenant was not good enough because we weren't good enough. We were people of too much brokenness, too much selfishness, too much self-centeredness, the law was there, but we just didn't have the heart to keep it. We didn't have the heart to do the right thing. We didn't have the heart to live life the way God wanted us to. And so we kept stumbling and faltering and failing over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and some of the others begin to notice this, and so they begin to long. There needs to be a new covenant that can do more, that can put the, the righteousness and the law of God not just out for us to read, but can somehow get it into our hearts. And so as Jesus comes along in the midst of the Passover meal and breaks the bread and says, this is my body given for you, and with this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus says, I, in my death, am going to begin a new covenant that's much better than what Moses received. His was a covenant of law. Paul tells us that Jesus came to bring the covenant of the Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit would allow God's presence to begin to take root in our lives. And it would be available not just to the, a few people at a few times and a few places, you know, across the world. Kind of the Mother Teresa's and Billy Graham's and, you know, all those super holy people that, that we can tell, oh, they've got the Spirit. But instead, that this would be a moment when the Holy Spirit could be for all of us we just say yes and so he poured out his life to initiate this new covenant in his blood and blood has to do with the ancient understanding in the old testament that sacrifice is central to redemption to forgiveness to cleansing 
to worship and to covenant making. All those things take place with an offering of life for the sake of doing something new. And so Jesus offers his own life and his own blood to build for us a new covenant, a covenant with the Holy Spirit that's available for all of us. That can pour the love of God, as Paul writes, into our hearts. That can fill us with love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, gentleness and self-control. As Paul writes, there is no law against these. So that's what the cross meant for Jesus. And finally, it meant one more thing. It meant God's greatest gift for us. God's greatest gift for us. At least, I think it's at least twice, Jesus says that what I do in my blood is poured out for you. For you. I give you my body for you. And so the last part of this is how we embrace that Jesus is the new Passover. How we embrace that he is our covenant maker and initiating a more intimate relationship with God. Well, one, we give thanks that Jesus is our Passover. And that he has covered us in his blood to save us, to free us, to remove the guilt, to destroy the power of sin and death, to open the door for the presence of the Holy Spirit, to make way for the possibility of a more intimate connection with the creator of the universe, to be led and guided in the Spirit, to be made new, to be called for a purpose and a destiny, and to walk with the one who loves us deeply. This is some, I think, of what the cross means. And so as we come to communion tonight, I want us to remember that. Lord, as you come, maybe just say in your mind, that, Lord, thank you for being the Passover of my life so that you cover my mistakes, you cover my brokenness, you cover my stupidity, you cover all that stuff. And I thank you. And, Lord, thank you for offering a new relationship covenant where it's not about me earning my way. It's not about me having to keep up with all the rules. All I have to do is let you in. All I have to do is let your spirit in. All I have to do is let you take charge. And you will meet me here. And as we gather at the altar, my hope and prayer is that kind of like the disciples, you might hear Jesus speak to you saying you know what saying I eagerly desire I eagerly desire to take this meal with you tonight 
Won't you come to my table and feed on me and remember me and give thanks for taking the cross for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.